listening to a PK Olawale sermon. Prepare to be blessed. Mark and chapter number five, I'll be speaking on standing faith. Someone say standing faith. Come on, say everyone say standing faith, please. Stand in faith. Could you tell your neighbor stand in faith? Now, this, this is a four-day four topic. What I'm going to do is I'm going to gloss over a good part of it. Tomorrow, if the Lord will grant grace, I might make some allusions to uh, the minister's conference, make some allusions to some of the things I'll say today. So I need you to write as fast as you can, all right? Mark and chapter number five. We're going to read together. I love we reading scriptures in a chorus. Now, please pay attention. We're going to read verses... 21 to 23 we take a break and take a leap and continue on at uh, verse 35 through to 40 43 is that okay okay so i'll take that again mark 5 21 22 23 35 to 41 is that okay so please raise your head. Don't read from your Bible so that we can all read from the same translation. Raise your head to the screen, not to the hills where your helps come from. So I'll read the first verse. You read the next one. We read in alternate order and we stop at the last verse. And when Jesus was passed over again by sheep onto the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was near unto the sea. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and see the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he took care of the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with, with him, and entered in where the damsel was lying. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of age. Of 12 years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. All right. Stand in faith. There's no better definition of stand than the word Pastor Bikes gave. It's made my job very, very easy. Three things we're just trying to cover today, and this, this afternoon, this evening rather, then tomorrow morning we'll take it all together to another level. And that's number one, we want to define what faith is. This seems to be as, as, as frequently used the word as faith is in the, in the family of Christ. 
a lot of people, even older folks that have been in the faith for a long time, many don't understand faith. And it's a problem because the Bible says without faith you can't please God. Now, pleasing him is not in, in, in place of righteousness. It goes beyond that. Okay? Um, there are three different types of faith in scripture. And it's necessary that you grow and increase and probably operate in all of them. Okay? Because one of them will not get you answers. As it were. I'm, I'll prove my case in the scripture. Okay? But I need you to understand the fact that God wants to be known. God did not create you to exist. It says in the book of Mark chapter number 3 verse 14. The Bible says, And he called unto himself um, 12 disciples. That number one, they might be with him. That number two, he might send them out. Then number three, they might heal the sick. Now that is the order of importance um, in God's agenda as regards his relationship with you. The first reason why the Lord will have you saved, number one, is to be with him. Fellowship, relationship is the first essence of your salvation. God did not save you to solve your problem. He didn't save you to solve your problem. He did not save you to provide for your family. He did not save you to protect you. He first of all saved you for relationship. All right? Now, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. I don't have time for that. But God is the one who brought you into relationship so that you can have fellowship with him. Okay? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and... Uh, Fellowship, communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all um, forevermore. 13, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. What God is simply saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that you being with him, you knowing him means much more than whatever you can do for him. Please don't miss that. That is no longer important these days. You having a relationship with God. Number two thing I need to say before I hit the road is the fact that God does not exist for you. All right? And that without you, he has been God. God doesn't exist for you. You are the one who is a creation for his pleasure. Revelation 4.11, that what you Lord to receive glory on and power. For thou has created how many things? How many things? All things for what? His pleasure. So the essence of your life is to give God pleasure. So don't think God owes you anything don't think God, God is, don't be distracted. Don't worry, he's, he's having fun. <laughs> All right? He it doesn't pay any bills, so he can run around. <laughs> when he grows up, it will change. <laughs> we all did it when we were young. <laughs> Why you are gentle now is because of responsibility. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's called maturity. <laughs> Amen. Okay? So, the whole essence of God having a relationship with you, brethren, if God brings you to the depth of understanding, you will know that that is the greatest privilege any human being or living thing will ever have. It does not yet appear what we are now. But the Bible says, when we shall see him. In other words, you can appreciate how much Jesus has done for you until you enter into eternity. You can, there's no way... There, no, there is no revelation that will give you the fullness of it on this earth. Until you step into eternity, where time is no more, you now understand what Jesus did for you. So please, let it be clear in your mind that God doesn't exist because of you. Before you were saved, he was God. He is God. 
since he saved you, you'll be messing up. He's still God. Do you understand? And there's nothing you are giving him or doing for him that he, he can't receive. In fact, the truth is this. God's, if God were a coach, God's substitute are better than his first 11. To prove a point. He told Saul, Saul has messed up. I found me another king. Just to let Saul know that I am God. It will make David better than Saul. All right? So you serving God is a privilege. This is, I, under, I, I wonder when some people come to church and pastors like they're doing you a favor coming. Oh yeah, they're, they're just doing you a favor coming. Service is a favor to pastor. You've not started living. I'm so sorry, I'm a bit blunt, so forgive me in advance. <laughs> All right, I've apologized ahead. No, but that's the truth. You've not started living. In other words, Jesus is still not real to you. I'm taking you somewhere. So when we are talking about faith, faith simply is the only channel. I say that again. It's the only channel by which God's resources or God's possibilities are made available to us. If you want to give a simple definition. Faith is the channel by which God's possibilities are made available to, to us. If you're a Christian, you can't be a Christian without faith. It's not possible. You can't live as a Christian without faith. You will not have victory in life without faith. It is simply not possible. If you are truly born again, you have faith. Alright? You do have faith because it's not possible to be saved without faith. It is just not possible to be saved without faith. All right? And this faith that actually saved you was given to you. I'll take you there gradually. If you want to also summarize and give a simpler definition, simple, I mean, I love, I think it was Pastor Bill Winston, I heard once, he said, faith is simply confidence in God. All right? Just having confidence in God. You knowing that God will do his part, uh, and so long you do, your parts, if your part is necessary. There are three types of faith. I'm running. There are three types of faith in scripture. And please take note of these three types of faith because every one of us just surmise faith as one. And you find that out. A lot of people ask themselves questions and say, but pastor, I believed. How come it didn't happen? How come I trusted God? Please, a lot of things you need to go back to your Bible, sit down with your Bible and look for God. And let me tell you something about the word of God. The word of God will not open to you until you are looking for God and not a promise. It's the only reason why a lot the scripture is still close to a lot of people is the fact that they are looking for promises and not for God. When you find God, you find all the possibilities of God. And so promises, you will find them. You will find them. They will work for you, but you don't know God. And it will get to some point in life, ladies and gentlemen, you enter some hemispheres and some zones in life that, ladies and gentlemen, the promises will not be real to you, even though you know they are true. Let me take you there gradually. Let me tell you some few things about faith before I tell you the types. I need to know that faith is a spirit. Faith is, is a spirit. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. The Bible says, And since we are all of the same spirit of faith, there is a spirit of faith. Now, when the Bible uses the word heart in scripture, we all have the same spirit of faith in our hearts. When the Bible uses the word heart, 
is the, the word heart is used interchangeably for soul, that's the mind, and the spirit, the inner man. But most time, it is the spirit, which is the inner man. A lot of times, what we call faith is simply hope. Hope. Hope is not bad. Hope cannot solve your problem. Hope will never. There are two types of hope. There's a hope you generate just from enthusiasm. Or probably you hear a right word or something. There's another one that is generated from your spirit. When faith is in your spirit, it births hope in your mind. Romans 5.5. 5. The Bible says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Hope faileth not, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The hope that can't fail is the hope that comes because of there is something that happened in your heart. So when there is faith in your spirit, it generally will create hope in your mind. But you can have hope in your mind without faith in your spirit. Faith is a spirit. So Romans chapter 10 verse number 9 and 10. The Bible says, for with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Rather, um, if you believe in your, in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and confess in your mouth, that you shall be saved. He now says in verse 10, he says, for with the heart, a man believeth. In other words, the only house and chamber that can entertain faith in you is your spirit man. Because right in your mind, your mind is very clustered. Clustered with a lot of knowledge. Science. Everything we learned in school. Have you found out that doctors find it harder to trust God for healing? Why? Because of their training. Their mind is full of why it must not be told. Every, they know. You tell them your symptoms. They know what is going wrong. That, and they have a scientific explanation for it. So the one that generates from your mind, which is the hope, that is not initiated from your spirit, which is the house of faith, will fail. The only hope that does not fail is the one that generates, that is generated from faith in your spirit. Stay with me still. Faith is, ladies and gentlemen, something very, very beautiful. And I pray in the name of Jesus tonight, God will give you understanding. Three types. Number one is what you call the gift of faith. The gift of faith you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 7 to 11 or so. I think it's exactly in verse number 10 or 11. Or 11. The Bible talks about the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is the supernatural ability or supernatural power given by God to receive a miracle. I take that again. Gift of faith by simple definition is the supernatural supernatural power given by god to do what to receive a miracle the gift of faith is not meant to benefit the person is going through god did not design gifts of faith for the person it it is flowing through the gift of faith is actually meant to solve someone's problem do you understand it's a gift it's a gift simply means you don't do anything to have it Truth be told, I don't have time for it. You don't have to be a believer to you, for God to use you. A lot of pastors are not born again. Never knew Jesus. I know one. The guy was in Florida several years before. He, he lived a reckless life. But people didn't know he was still living a reckless life. Had a church, almost 15,000, 20,000 members in Florida. But all the while, he was still, he was still on drugs. 
And you know, you can, you can build a church without the Holy Ghost. I need to know that. You can have a beautiful large church without the Holy Ghost. There are some things you need to do at the realm of men. And there's a reward according to scripture for diligence. It doesn't have to be spiritual diligence. Are you still with me? And so all this work, and this guy, he actually died in a hotel of drug overdose. And you have seen him on TBN several times. And that's why you should not be disappointed when some things happen to so-called men of God. Because the truth is this, what is operating in their life that is causing the beautiful things we see that we know has nothing to do with them. You can get off a woman that is not your wife now and go into a service. And so long there is someone in that service that is holding on to God, having an expectation from God for a solution. And you are the one flowing through the service. God can use you. Yet, you only got off from an adulterous bed. This, it does not require holiness. Can I ask you a question? People don't know this. Can I ask you a question? When Jesus sent his disciples out and said, go, heal the sick, Matthew 10, Luke chapter 10, did Judas go with them? When they came, did they say they were raising the dead? I mean, the eye blind eyes were seen. Demons were being cast out. And yet the guy didn't stop stealing. It wasn't... <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't need to have fellowship with God. In fact, the truth is this. You don't absolutely need to have relationship with God. Because it's not for you. It is a gift that works through you to bring solution to somebody. It's a gift... A lot of times I hear a lot of people say, well, that gift is only for evangelists. I beg to disagree. Can I ask you a question? Because it's a supernatural power given by God to receive a miracle. Receive means you are receiving on behalf of somebody. Have you ever sat down in a place before and told one of your friends what you are going through? Like Pastor was saying, when you encourage people and you tell them God can do this and you are faced with the same thing and you cannot believe for yourself. It simply means the time you were speaking, it was the gift of faith. It had nothing to do with you. Your own capacity is, is not your capacity. It is just God using you to get to somebody and solve their problem. A lady came to her friend and said, Oh, my professor is going to fire. I can't graduate my prof in this Canada. And said, The man is very mean, almost a sadist, that the man will not even. I need two, just two marks to pass. I need just two more points and I will graduate. He gone to the man and the man said no. She went again, the man said no. She now came and told her friend. Suddenly, a gift of faith came on that friend. And that friend suddenly said, you know what? We are going back to that professor. He is a man. He will, he will give you the two marks. Said, you don't understand. I've been there twice. And this person that needed two marks is a prayer warrior. And prayed and prayed. Said no, we are going back. Her faith has shaken because she's gone there twice and nothing was coming out. These are a friend. Just said, we are going back. And they went back, and the man gave, him, gave her two points. And she graduated. This same friend, who said we will go back, she now had her own issue. Almost the same issue. Needed to see the professor. She sent a message to me, Pastor, my life is finished. Why? It wasn't her capacity. And you see, God has used you to solve a lot of people's problems. You will, you're able to see possibility for people when they are locked down. When you get to that same junction, you will need help from somewhere. 
It's called a gift of faith. Number two is what you call the fruit of faith. But before I talk about the fruit of faith, let me give you number three first of all. Number three is what you call the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. For unto every man is given a measure of faith. This is the one we receive at salvation. Guess what, people? This is the faith that the Holy Ghost makes available, sir. To everybody who listens to the gospel, whether they get saved or not. I take that again. Once you are hearing the gospel, especially the gospel of salvation, the Holy Ghost makes this faith available to everybody. Now, if you just oppose that scripture with Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, the Bible says, we have the same word. The same sermon that was preached to them was preached to us. But it did not profit them because the word they heard did not mix with faith in their hearts. Now, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. The moment Jesus is being preached, the Holy Spirit comes with this measure of faith available to everyone. You, will not, you, can, you can't see it on people's faces. It's going on in their hearts. That is the one that is telling them what you are hearing is true. What you are hearing is true. What you are hearing is true. Some of them begin to feel bad. Now, Jesus now stands between the word, which is here, and the faith that the Holy Ghost makes available, which is here. Here is a door. That door is called your will. If that door does not open, the world remains here, the faith will remain here. Jesus is not in charge of this one. He can't break it down. The best he can do is to do what? Knock. He knocks at doors. He doesn't break down doors. The best he can do is just knock. And when he knocks, if you now open, the word and faith will mix. It will now profit you. That's what you call salvation. In fact, this measure of faith is one of the basis by which God will judge everyone who has had the gospel and turned Jesus down. Gave you a platform, a possibility, made available every time you preach Jesus. So you need to decide, Jesus, I'm not opening this door. This word will not mix with faith in my heart. It will not profit you. Now, this measure of faith, because it is generated by the word, can only grow by word. This is the one where the Bible says, uh, that should be 10, 17 or so. The Bible says that um, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, it is measure of faith. It keeps increasing. Now, you had this testimony the pastor was given. When it was about the clear 48 hours, there was a scripture he said. He said, God, 219. And God brought all the animals he created to Adam. Whatever Adam named it. Now, there was a revelation that came to him at that time. Birthed from the word. There are three dimensions of the word. And you need to have probably gotten minimum to the second one for you to be able to exercise this faith so well. Though you can start from the very beginning. I won't be able to go to that, into that until tomorrow. But listen people, when you sit down with your Bible and you search for Jesus, at the beginning you are not searching for Jesus. You are searching for information, first level. Second level is purpose. When you begin to discover purpose of God for life, purpose of God for you, and you begin to see promises. The third level, which is the highest, is the revelation of Jesus. You see, that's why you know, you know that all the books in the Bible are necessary. And if you have not read through, you have not read Jesus finish. You've not even started. 
Because the Jesus in Song of Solomon is not the same one in Matthew. There is a part of Jesus in Song of Solomon you will never find in Matthew. There is a part of Jesus in Revelation that is not complete until you go to Leviticus. That's the ultimate. At that point, ladies and gentlemen, because everything you are seeing is Jesus, and that's the whole essence of the scripture. That's the whole essence of God's relationship with mankind. Stay with me. As you grow in the word of God, move from information. Information is just no, Mary married uh, uh, Joseph, blah, blah, an angel came and visit. That's information. It works. There's a faith. There's, there's a measure of faith from that. You receive that from the day of salvation. It keeps growing. It keeps having expression. Allow me to use the phrase. It keeps having expression in your life the more you sit down with the word. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Peter 3, verse 18. Let the word of God dwell richly in your heart. In all wisdom. And spiritual understanding. Sorry, Second Peter three eighteen. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians one it says, "Let the knowledge, let the spirit of God, the knowledge of God, increase in you with all wisdom and spiritual understanding." Why? The word is more than potent. Isaiah thirty four sixteen. The Bible says, "Seek ye out the word of the Lord and read it. None of this word will fail." You get to a point, ladies and gentlemen, you begin to see something beyond you, something beyond your need, something beyond this earth is Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. You begin to enter into realms. There's a difference between Jesus coming into your life and you entering into Jesus' life. For he said, if you abide in me, that's not what is enough. Something else needs to abide in you. You've been saved is just the beginning of this journey. You are, we are not yet there. I will not get there until we see him. Keep growing from glory to glory, level to level, realm to realm. The third level is the most exciting one. It's called the fruit of faith. Now, the gift of faith is temporal. It comes only based on what God wants to do in someone's life, not your life. The gift of faith does not work for you. It's meant to solve someone else's problem. But the measure of faith that comes from the word of God, as you are going, as you are stepping up, you now begin to understand the power in God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, serious power. When Jesus was being tempted and Satan began to speak, Jesus was based on the word. Why? Jesus had revelation of the word. He is the word. So here you are. We are on the same level. Nothing is changing. Same level of or types of demons and challenges we've had last year are still the same we've been having the past three years. Somebody is telling me you're on the same plane. And one of the reasons is because you are still at the same level in the understanding, not the reading. Not the reading. In the understanding of the word of God. It says, buy the truth. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy wisdom and also buy understanding. 24, verse number 3. The Bible says, Proverbs, it says, through wisdom a house is built. Through knowledge, through understanding, all the chambers thereof. Through understanding is established. Through knowledge, all the chambers thereof are filled with precious things. What am I saying, people? The word of God, and it has to be deliberate. We have time for everything. When I hear folks say, Pastor, I don't know how to study my Bible. I say, you are not looking for God. Oh, you are not yet hungry for God. 
I went by bed, I'm done walking. You create time for things that have value. Value is the one that determines your scale of preference. Number three is the fruit of faith. The fruit of faith is, let me give an example of the, of the gift of faith. All the disciples weren't saved until Jesus died and resurrected. Everything that Jesus did with them and they did for Jesus, it was a gift of faith. In fact, if you read Luke 17 from verse 5, they came and said, sir, increase our faith. And Jesus told them a story. Jesus said, when a servant goes to work and comes back, the master does not tell the servant, sit down, go and eat. He says, no, no, no. The master sits down. You serve me first. When the master is done, then the, the servant can go and eat. CEV, contemporary English version says, for you are not supposed to be paid or be thanked for what you are doing. These are the, this is the gift of faith. What you are using is not yours. Your life, not yours. Everything about you, not yours. Why do we thank you for something you don't have? So when we begin to see greatness in a man because of what God is doing with him, ladies and gentlemen, is an error of our days. Character is the one that is not cheap. Do you know God can use me even though I have no fellowship with him just because you have a need? So you want to go and ask his wife. Does he sleep? How long does he sleep? How does he pray? When he's angry, how does he manifest? You know what they call manifestation of the sons of God. <laughs> Character. Ask the wife, since you married him, I, what has changed in his life? The wife can tell you. The fruit of faith is different. In Luke 9, they brought a guy, and Matthew 17, they brought a guy that was, had a deaf and dumb spirit. For the disciples, Jesus had gone to the mountain to go and pray. And they said, please, can you heal him? <laughs> and he said, the disciple could not cast out the demon. So when Jesus came out, the man now ran to Jesus and said, sir, I brought this to your disciples. They couldn't help. And Jesus cast out the And the disciples asked him, sir, why is it that we can't do this? And Jesus said, this type. In other words, the gift of faith doesn't necessarily have to show up on this one. This kind, you only need fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer literally there does not mean fasting and prayer literally. It simply means you are going to have, you must have a, a, a relationship with God that is, that is intact. This is your own faith. This is your own faith. Came for you. Now, when you got saved, two things came. Number one, the power of God, and number two, his presence. Okay? God's power is different from his presence. You can feel the power, you know the presence. You don't feel God. And power can be present and God is not present. I hope you know that. All right? But God's presence is his person. And there are three dimensions of his presence. Number one is his general presence. Number two is his review presence. Number three is his time presence. He is yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever at the same time. Okay? So when God is working in your life, if you decide you want a relationship with him, this is the faith that grows because you have intimacy with God. Let me prove my point. Moses is the one who wrote the first books in the Bible. The earliest books, the Pentateuch. 
Genesis, Exodus, and Revelation. Moses did not have scripture to read. So he could not operate on the measure of faith that comes from the word. Then why did he, for where did he get it when the Bible says, chapter 15, verse 6, Genesis, repeated in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. He says, and Abraham believed the Lord and was counted unto him for what? Righteousness. Which faith is God talking to? Talking about faith of intimacy. This is the one Jesus said, if you don't, this type cannot go. Because the gift of faith comes on you based on how the Holy Ghost wants. It's power related. There's a faith that comes from you spending time with God. And if you are not in love with him, you, you will not be excited spending time. It will be laborious spending time with God. Now, when, this kind of time is not you want shoe, bag, house. You want divine intervention. No, this is the one, Lord, I'm, I just want to spend time with you. What's in your heart, Lord? Then you will now know that God has burdens that he wants to share. In, in the place, he says, almost, well, let me not use that word. God was concerned. He says, I seek an intercessor and I find none. God has burdens and some of us are his burdens. Say, this one I've been in church refused to grow. This one, the witch, is, God sent you as a light to your family because of your spiritual incompetence. The darkness in the family is even getting stronger. Oh yeah, then our Christianity is me, my family, and nobody else. As long as your family is not involved, blah, 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 it's not your concern. God is saying, this is not the kingdom. The kingdom is not your biological family, ladies and gentlemen. Goes way beyond that. Those are the burdens. Colossians, sorry, Galatians 4.1. The Bible says, if the head of a home be but a child, is nothing better than a slave. In other words, if some of us, when we ought to be teachers, we are still being taught. It's a, it's a burden. And God can't, because he respects order, he can't jump on you. God never used, he will never duress you into doing anything for him. That's why I created you with a will. Do you want to love me? Love me if you want to. And love simply means, Lord, although the fig tree might not blossom, the oil of the vine might fail, yet I'll still praise you. It's not about what you give. Or it's not about what you do. See, this realm is the realm that the Bible says, Isaiah 55, it says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. When you begin to grow in the, the fruit of faith, first thing that you begin to kind of understand God's ways, a little bit, the extent to which he allows you. The more intimate you are with him, the more you begin to, and you just know his ability without being told. You didn't even read about it. But yet, scripture says, this one alone cannot get you your total breakthrough. It was is this measure of faith that Paul was saying. He says, I die daily. John the Baptist says that it may increase and I will decrease. This one is grown through tribulations and trials. This <laughs> fruit of faith, tribulations and trials. That's why James 1 2 says, Count it all joy. When you fall, the only way to know God is when you go through. Oh, you cannot know God without going through. Time belabors me. Let me explain this very simply. God 
Genesis 1, please. Quickly. Run, run, run. Genesis 1. Chapter number 26. Let me show you something. Can we read everyone, please? Want to read? Hold on. Create them in what? Number one? No, number one. In our... Number two? After our likeness. Now, go to verse 26. Let's see the recreation. Verse 27. The next verse, please. Quickly. Want to read? What is missing? Likeness. God says, let's create them in our image, which is our resemblance, then our likeness, which is our character. But you see, I can give you my image, but my character has to be earned. It's a process. I cannot bless you with character. I cannot impart character into you, ladies and gentlemen. Like Jesus. So, character is an unfolding work of grace. The truth is this. If Adam or man had the fullness of God's image and the totality of his character, it would be impossible for Satan to tempt him. God says, character will be built. Romans chapter, sorry, um, that Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 8, talking about Jesus. Though he be the son of God, yet he lent obedience by the things he suffered. Verse, no, the next verse says, and haven't been perfected. How was he perfected? Pharisees, Sadducees, lies, calling him names, persecutions and trials. Why do you think Jesus had to wait until he was 30 to show forth? He was building character. And until he was perfected, he can't be show forth. Some of us don't like troubles. And you want to know God. There is no such way, sir. For you to have the fullness of his likeness, which is his ways and his thoughts, troubles are your way, sir. That's why I count it all joy. So for those of you that are praying away your troubles, they, so, no, I mean, your preachers have told you, the Christ, you, you have, must have a trouble-free life. Those are witches in quotes. <laughs> if Jesus, though he be the son of God, he learned obedience by the things he suffered, you will learn obedience by the things you suffer. People will lie on you. You must not defend yourself. And you must love them. People will cheat you. You must bless their generation to come. Likeness cannot be imparted. That's why this fruit of faith, I can't lay hands to transfer. Gift of faith is transferable. Fruit of faith is not transferable. Measure of faith, what we are doing now is even transferring measure of faith. Because you are now listening to the word and faith comes by. That's the measure of faith. But this one, oh no. We can't share it. You remember the story of the ten virgins? You know, the five that had oil, that refused to share. You think that, I'm sure some people look at that story. Those people are bad. Wicked Christians. These ones are going to hell. Why did Jesus take them? They went to heaven. You don't understand the story. What you are asking for can only be gotten by process. It cannot be shared. 
I, I see, I go around a little bit, and some young men come around and say, Oh, Pastor, I just, I just, I, I, I convert the grace of God upon your life. I say, Bros, which one, the gifting or my sufferings? <laughs> because I can't transfer my sufferings to you. Oh, no. That is the one that makes you you. That one does not need music to function. You don't, you don't shake your, you don't feel it. It's just there. It's a knowing. Let me run quickly. Let me give you five keys that will help you stand when your faith comes under attack. Stand in faith. So there are times when it seems as though everything is being shaken. Stand in faith. Poke your neighbor and say, stand in faith. Don't give in to all that whatever. Stand in faith. Stand in faith, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says, if we faint not, we shall reap. Stand in faith. Stand in the faith, in the measure of faith. Ladies and gentlemen, everything is working together for your good. God is too loving to allow you to go through um, unproductive pain. Every pain is meant to produce something. Most of what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they didn't understand until he died and resurrected. When he died, you know when he was still with them? They were eating and drinking. Uh, they were going to party. Uh, they were doing everything. He says the bridegroom will soon leave. When he leaves them, then they, their eyes will open. At the time, they first of all showed them. When Pentecost came and they went preaching, they beat them to nonsense. Now, NYSC, now your suffering continues. <laughs> By, and that was the first thing that happened sir. they beat them to nonsense that was when faith started growing faith started growing put them in prison have you noticed that the same anointing that healed the man at the beautiful gates chapter 3 verse 1 that same anointing did not stop them from entering into jail <laughs> because as far, as far as you are concerned when they arrest you holy ghost fire, fire the fire will follow you to jail <laughs> Why? Jail is necessary for your destiny. There is a dimension of God you will not know on the streets. They little did they know. Bible says in verse number five, chapter five. The Bible says, and an angel came, opened the prison door, and told them some people are waiting in the temple to go and preach. That was his angelic visitation started from there, from the jail. Some of you, oh Lord, show me. I want to see an angel enter into prison. Grow your faith. Let's go to our text. Let me quickly give you four keys. I'll run through them. I'm out. Okay, I have five minutes more. Write them very quickly. Let's go back. Open that to your passage, the passage you read. Jesus is the express image of the invincible God. One of the reasons why he came is to show us Every possibility is available to man in terms of living on earth in relation to being a child of God. So everything he did, we can do. That's why he says, this works I do, you will do also. Greater works than this. Now let me explain this. If you have love 
for people. Huh? God will use the gift of faith through you to help somebody. One of the reasons why a lot of us have never experienced the gift of faith or God using you to solve someone's problem is because we don't have love. Oh yeah, we don't have love. You only love your members of your family. And that's why God anoints them to deal with you sometimes. Oh yeah. No, I'm serious. That's why. Because until something fails you, you won't look somewhere else. But for you to function effectively in the fruit of faith, brethren, you need to be spending time with God. Not, please, when I say, do you know you're a partner with God? We are partners. Everything he wants to do here rests on your shoulders. But the Bible says in John 15, 17, verse, verse 7. See, there are some people that know how to spend time with God. Some of them, I know them back in Nigeria. They live their life like hermits. They're on the mountain forever. But their scripture is so shallow. So shallow. Now, they can pray for you. It will happen. Because the gift of faith is there. And there's a benefit. But because there's a shallowness in the word... Most of what they are doing with, for people can't happen to them. Because that one is not going to be enough. The Bible says, John 15, 7, if you abide in me. Now, you only grow the gift of faith, the fruit of faith by abiding in Christ. Abiding, this one, holiness is necessary. The way you live your life is very necessary. Alright? Now, do you know, you, you might not even live a holy life. And if you know how to hold on to some promises in scripture, it, you'll get it. Oh, you get it. But you see, the one that really qualifies you for spending eternity with God. Because the, one, the, the gift of faith, is, that one is very temporal. comes on you spontaneously and goes. The measure of faith, which is word-based, will end on earth. The day your life ends on earth, you don't need this in heaven. Because in heaven now, you still be studying, but you are with the word itself. You don't need faith to believe. Every promise is already done. There are no promises in heaven. You are, you are enjoying now. You are not enjoying the promises. But the fruit of faith is the character. And see, in, in fact, at the end of the day, when we are ruling for a thousand years, this is the one that will determine who will be governor and ambassador. And who will be clerk. Oh yeah, all of us will serve. It is your character that makes you a Christian. Nothing else. But the Bible says, for you to ask and it shall be done unto you. What do you need? You need both. You need to have the fruit of faith, which is abiding in Christ, along and the word, which is the measure of faith. Adara and Berish, brethren, oh no, authority works with you. So those men that, like our Father in the Lord, that sacrifices just... Staying with God, spending time. When you are watching part 1 to part 15 of the same episode for one season, uh, they, are, they are with God. You are not going to come out the same. No, 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 no. By the time you are praying, Father, in the name of the show you have just watched. <laughs> you need both. 
And the third one, if you love people, God can use you to solve people's problems. Go back to the text. What do you need, number one? I need you first of all to understand that faith does not alter the governing laws of God. You cannot believe for God to alter his governing laws by faith. He does that at his own, by his own will, depending on the purpose. Let me explain myself. Open your Bible, please. Go to verse number. Look at that scripture. What did the man tell Jesus? Let's go. It's time to open that Bible. Just open it. Don't. What did God tell Jesus? Verse number 23. What did the man beckon? What did he say to Jesus? Want to please everyone read 23? And he besought him greatly, saying, Now, do you heal the dead or you heal the sick? Go with me. At this point, was the girl ill or dead? Huh? Sorry, which version? We all just read this scripture together. <laughs> At this point, was the girl ill or dead? Ill. What was the father's request? Come and heal her. Do you heal the dead or you heal the sick? Heal the sick. Now, continue reading. And how do you, what, what was his request? What should Jesus do to heal the girl? Thank you, mommy. Thank you. Lay hands. She even extended her hands. <laughs> now, and the Bible says, scripture says, and she will, and she shall live. Did the man have faith or not? He had faith. She was, was, she just, just come. Once you lay hands, she will be okay. Please, I'm taking you somewhere. Go to verse number 40. Run, please. My time is done. Holy Ghost. Yes. Please, everyone read. Want to read? Verse 41, please. Quickly, go, 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 bros. And, hold on. What did he do? And said to her. Now, what do you do to the sick? The Bible says, and this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall lay hands on the sick. Now, what is God's methodology for healing the sick? According to that scripture, lay hands. Now, you notice that before they got there, the guy, the girl had died. You don't lay hands on the dead. When I saw the scripture, I checked through the whole Bible. There was no place where anybody lay hands on the dead. You speak to the dead. I've checked. Go, go back and check, please. I looked through because I was curious. Now, what he requested, which is the order, this simply means, ladies and gentlemen, you must know, as it were, God has some MOs in some areas. Like you claiming the land God has not given you. So I'm serious. You are not faithful in giving. There's nothing you have done in this church. You're asking God to make you a millionaire. Have faith till next year. In fact, what you don't have is what you have is not faith. You're a criminal. <laughs> do, do you understand? No, 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 no. Genesis 8 21, 22. 
Now, let me explain. Noah, after the whole flood, so that you understand God's order. Eh? Faith does not change. Someone say governing laws. Governing laws. If you don't forgive anybody, eh? and you want to say this mountain, be that removed, I can bet you the mountain is anointed to slap you. God doesn't follow the order. And God smelled a smell. Now listen carefully. And the Lord said where? In his heart. The, the scripture we quote, as though God made a promise to man. He did not make that promise to man. He said that thing to himself to constrain himself. It wasn't a speech he made to anybody. But he just gave access to Moses to see this, to record this so that we know what is in his heart for us. It is something he said to himself to constrain himself for the sake of man. And God said in his heart, he didn't say to Noah. What he said to Noah was different. Fruitful, multiply. Don't eat anything that has his blood in it. Different. This one, God, God was soliloquizing as it were. God said in his heart, I will no longer again curse the earth for man's sake. For blah, blah, blah. Go to verse 22. He's still soliloquizing. While the earth remains, while the earth remains. See, time harvest will not cease. Summer, winter, day and night, cold and heat. Will not cease. This changed the entire order of, of the earth. Because before now, the reverse is what we had. A day was night and day. The evening and the morning were the first day. Evening and the morning were the second day. But it now changes. It now said the day and the evening. Everything was changed. This now became the order as long as this earth remains. When this earth passes away, a new order shows up for the new Jerusalem. So someone offends you and you are telling the person to die. I want you to notice that the person is still alive and looking fresher. <laughs> Until the, the Holy Spirit gives you, according to his will, gives you utterance to say so. You are blabbing and wasting Pentecostal energy on a lie. Hosea <laughs> 14 verse 2. Take with you word. Go and look at what God said. Then return to him. Take with you word. Return to the Lord. Number 2. Go to verse number 35. Verse 36 please. Of our text. Verse 36. Keep it there. Don't, don't move in until I say so. I'm done. Now, what did they say in verse 35? Quickly. What did they tell him in this? What did they say after the man, Jesus obliged the man's request and went with him to his house? His name is Darius. And while they were still on the way to his house, somebody came with bad news. What was the news? The girl is now dead. That's verse 30. 35, please. Back, roll back, get back, get back to verse 30. While he yet spake, there came unto him the ruler of the synagogue, and thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? Now, what did Jesus do? Verse 37, please. Go, go, go. Verse 37. No, 35, 36. Someone say, as soon as. Anytime the devil comes and tells you that, oh, what you are believing God for, it will not happen. Please, don't don't respond to Satan in your thoughts. He doesn't hear your thoughts. And please, let it be immediate. 
as soon as. Some of us will process this information. The moment you dwell on it, you are finished. Jesus did not, barely had the guy finished. The guy is dead. Jesus looked at the guy and said, don't worry. Don't worry, because that news will shake your faith. But how do you stand in faith? Devil said you will die. Bros, you're already dead. Jesus did not wait to think, hmm, turn this water, turn this bread to stone to bread. Hmm. 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 <laughs> then some of us will try to address the devil in our hearts. Satan says, you will not make it to the end of this year. <laughs> you are speaking. <laughs> your heart. <laughs> he has no access to your heart. God did not create the earth by thinking. And God said... Please, immediately return it. Especially our sisters, please forgive me. We, we are so good at talking when it's not well. We are so good at not talking when we ought to. Satan tells you your baby will be sick. Uh-uh. No. Shut him down. Now don't shut him down with just a declaration. Jesus didn't just respond by saying it is not so. It was a scripture. Let the word of God dwell richly in your heart. As soon. Number two. Now, please, who did he speak to? Who came to tell him the news? Was it the, the man concerned? Who came to tell him the news? Someone else. Now, when Jesus was going to respond to the news, who did he speak to? The person who brought the news? He addressed the person concerned. Avoid distractions. For you to stand in faith, avoid what? Avoid distractions. The devil will set you up with distractions. Please poke your neighbor and say, Respond immediately. They couldn't kill Goliath because of 40 days, 40 nights of saying, I will kill all of you. David was able to deal with him. He heard it the first time, he responded immediately I will shut you down. Number three. Go to the next verse now. What did Jesus do? He only took who? Peter, James, and John. Have you asked yourself why? He left the others. I mean, we know why he left Thomas. It will spoil matters. <laughs> it will mess up the whole equation. So it's better just stay away. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right? Now, left them. said, no, no. He took these three. For you to understand, you go and study Luke chapter 5. There's something these people had experienced with Jesus before. That, thank you, sir. The drought of the fish. And how did the drought of the fish come? By spoken word. The word was about to go into action again. I must pick people who are familiar with God's victories. Mind your company. Drought, sorry, doubt is more infectious than faith. Doubt. Ah, oh, bros, how, how are you now? Oh, boy, things bad. 
Bros, waka komot. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me stop there. Time is up. Let's stand to pray.